today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You think the church is subject to the government granting us the privilege of opening the church. You're not. It's not a privilege granted by the government or the state. It is a command given by God. Here's the bottom line. They see that strength. That's what I think wins them to Christ. Ask the Apostle Paul, was it not his strength that won the whole household of Caesar to Christ? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. As Pastor J.D. continues his teaching series through the book of 1 Timothy, he'll be exhorting you to not forsake the fellowship of the brethren. It's vitally important to your spiritual walk that you engage with the body of Christ in fellowship. God's commands come before government rules and ordinances. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Well, the seventh one, we're going to get real. This is where it really gets real. (laughs) Because Jesus is preached among the nations. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the main reasons I just cannot shut the doors to this God's church, this would be it. Again, not to be derogatory towards any pastor who has shut their church. I just, (laughs) the gospel of Jesus Christ and salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ being preached among the nations to me is reason enough. You'll forgive me for my candor when I say this, but what message does closing down a church send to a lost and dying world? I remember back in 2008 when the financial crisis hit. Remember that? Oh my goodness. And sadly, uh, particularly on, you know, Christian TV and radio, you had these, by the way, you'll never hear a plea for money at the end of any broadcast of ours. And if you do hear, you let me know right away, because that ain't us. But there were these ministries pleading on TV and radio, you know, we've been hit by this financial crisis and we need your love gift to stay on the air. To which I say, well then just go off the air. Is that harsh? Because see, what you're, the message you're sending is that this financial crisis, the worst since the Great Depression, has affected God. Is that a stretch? It shouldn't be, because we're the representation of God. The church of Jesus Christ is a representative of Jesus Christ. I know this is a crass way to say it, but we're the advertisement for Jesus Christ. And when you start talking about 
man, this, you know, financial crisis is really bad and it's really taking a toll on God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Wow, God's broke? Well, you'd think so. Listen to some of these people. What's the message that's being sent? This pandemic is bigger than God. Stay with me. Don't, don't tune me out. Just hear me out. You shut the church, and again, I, what's that to me? <laughs> what's that to you too? But you close the church doors, and, and that says this, that this is really serious. It's so serious that we're closing the church. Wait a minute. So, so let me see if I got this straight. Is, is God in heaven? You know, Isaiah says, you know, he, he saw the Lord seated on the throne, and the robe, you know, the train of His glory was just, you know, words cannot describe. He's just praising God. But notice he said, I, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on the throne, not pacing back and forth in front of the throne. Oh my, what are, what are we going to do? I know that's a silly way to illustrate it, but could you imagine when you pray, call out to the Lord, cry out <laughs> to the Lord, and you pray, oh Lord, and, and the Lord's response is, what? Oh, is this a bad time? No. Lord, I don't know what to do. The Lord says, I don't either. This is bad. I think you got the point. I don't need to. I can. I can go more. You know that. Here, here's, you know what? I, I get it. I get it. I really do. And the Lord knows my heart. Because there are those who say, you know, we want to be a witness to the world, to the lost. And so this is our way of showing them that we care. And we're hoping that this will be that which God uses to bring them. Hey, those Christians aren't as bad, you know, as, as I thought. You know, like that church on the windward side there in Kaneohe, these guys are different. You know, they're just more palatable and, you know, amicable and flexible. And I get that. No, 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 I get that. I mean, God can do anything. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? But here's my personal conviction. I think what is more powerful and the stronger witness is when they see the conviction. And they say, wait a minute, this church on the, you know, we already had the police call. They've already come this morning. They're, you know, they're, they, they call on us all the time which is why we have Artie Kendall here, by the way. <laughs> so he's like, hey, brother. Anyway, so, so anyway, if you want to call and report us, fine, whatever, just whatever. Um, I think the message that keeping the church open sends is you don't know the God we serve. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, there, mu there must be a misunderstanding here. Because you, you think the church is subject 
to the government granting us the privilege of opening the church. You're not. It's not a privilege granted by the government or the state. It is a command given by God. Here's the bottom line. They see that strength. That's what I think wins them to Christ. Ask the Apostle Paul, was it not his strength that won the whole household of Caesar to Christ? When you get to Philippians, and he's writing to the church of Philippi, he says, hey, you guys, give my love to the household of Caesar. What? Caesar? Yeah. They came to Christ? Yeah. How? Oh, the strength of the apostle Paul, who as a Roman citizen exercised his legal right. When they found out that they were beating and whipping a Roman citizen, uh, that got their attention because it was against the law to do that to a Roman citizen. Paul says, uh, excuse me, I'm a Roman citizen. You have no legal right to do this. And so he appeals to Caesar. That is, I love it when God does that. See, Paul always wanted to go to Rome. It wouldn't be on a cruise ship. It would be on a prison ship, but he would get to Rome. Oh, by the way, we're going to have a, a, a stop, a, a layover uh, on the itinerary on the island of Malta, if you don't mind, because all of them are going to get saved. That's how God does it. Again, I, you'll forgive me. I don't want to, you know, come down on, you know, what's that to me? If they're following the Lord and the Lord's leading them, then praise the Lord. But as for me and my church, that's how we're going to win them to Christ. You know, the police officers that come up here and and they see Artie and, you know, Artie's like six feet, 500 inches tall. And, you know, and they all know him, good friends with him. They say, oh, hey, Artie, what's up? Yeah, what's going on? It's all good. Okay. Love you, brah. Hey, I want to win them to Christ. I want to win them to Christ. I think the world is looking for strength and conviction. Would you agree? You know, the two questions that every non-Christian is asking the Christian, whether verbalized or vocalized or not, is, is it real and does it work? They want to know if you're the real deal. And they want to know if Christianity works, because if it's real and it works, then they have hope. If they don't see any difference or distinction between the world and the church, this is why, and I've, I don't want to go too far into this either, but you know, the, the church has become so much like the world to win the world. And the question I have is, if you're like the world, then why would the world come to the church? What's the point? I mean, if you're becoming like them to win them, then let's just say that they come. What are they coming to? 
I mean, your praise and worship looks like a, a nightclub, a rock concert, because you want to be like the world and relevant. Oh, you should see our pastor. He's so cool. Not here, of course, but I mean, he's hip, he's young, he's got skinny jeans and a latte. <laughs> wow. I, I would never do that to you. Even if I could, I would not do that to you. I'm just saying. I think that's the way God's wired us. Last thing on this, and this will be the last, last thing, and we'll move on. But I think that's the way God wired us. Yeah. There, there's this strength that is attractive. When somebody has a strong conviction, well, that's new. I'm not used to that. I'm used to the opposite. And they see somebody that is strong in their conviction. They're real. And it works. I think like a magnet to steel, they're attracted. And that's what wins them to Christ. Romans chapter 10, verses 12 through 15, a familiar passage, I'm sure. We quote it every Sunday for the prophecy update, verse 13 of chapter 10. But listen to what Paul says. He says, For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. We all know that one. We love that one, right? And rightfully so. But listen to what he says next. Verse 14. How, asking, then... Can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now this is often framed in the context of the mission field, but the truth of the matter is this is the preaching of the gospel that has the power to save. How are they going to hear if it's not preached? And how are you going to preach if they don't have a place to go to to hear? Now I realize that technology is such that you can go online, and we praise the Lord for that. Certainly we've been on the blessing end of that, on the receiving end of that with our online church. But if you only knew how many people from our online church will email or post comments saying something to this effect. In fact, this is the number one email and comment that we get. Do you people realize how blessed you are to have a church to go to that preaches the Word, let alone talks about and teaches Bible prophecy? 
Now these are people from the uttermost parts of the earth that don't have a church for miles. And even if there is a church miles away, they don't preach the Word. So where are they going to go? So they have to. They're forced to go online. But they ache, they long, they hurt. Because it's not the same. And here's why. We are assembled together, not gathered together. It's a whole different thing. I know I've talked about this before, but just bear with me. If I have my watch here and all of the parts are gathered here on on this pulpit, it doesn't function. It's just a gathering. It's not a gathering. We are assembled. When I assemble those parts, then there's a functioning. It functions. And that's what the body of Christ is. It functions. The different parts function when they're assembled together. I think about Acts 2.42, I call it the four legs on the table of the church. Paul writes and says that, well Luke writes, Paul says that you have four legs to this table. You have the apostles doctrine, that's the word of God. You have prayer, you have the breaking of bread, that's the communion table and the love feast. And then you have fellowship. We need the fellowship. I was talking about this on Thursday night. I'll just boldly say it again. This social distancing, it's satanic. You you understand why, right? When we don't hug, touch one another, then we are robbed of that which God created us for. You know, I was uh, mentioning this on Thursday night. Uh, back in the early 1900s, there, there was this orphanage, and all of these babies were dying, and they couldn't figure out why. So they bring in all these experts and these, you know, uh, uh, doctors, and they're like, hey, what's going on? And these babies are just dying, and we don't know why. And what they found was the reason they were dying is because they were just there in that crib all alone, and we're not touched. See, when we touch, when we hug and greet one another and kiss one another with a holy kiss, it releases what's called oxytocin. Not oxycontin, by the way. That's a, oh, that's a whole different thing. Oxytocin, I think, is the name of the chemical. It's kind of like endorphins and serotonin. It's that feel-good chemical that God gave us. So what they did in this orphanage, is they started just holding the babies and loving on the babies. And they never died again. Well, this again ties into the eighth one. And it's that Jesus is believed on in the world. How are they going to believe if they don't hear? And how are they going to hear if there's no one to preach? Again, you'll forgive me for the strength in which I say this, but if we don't believe this, if we don't have the conviction 
then how are we to expect the world to believe? You know, even as a pastor and teacher of God's Word, again, which is my profound privilege to be, I I really have to ask the Lord to search my heart. Because you're looking at me, and you're watching me, and you're hearing me, and what you're asking yourself is, does he really believe that? It's been said that you cannot impart that which you do not possess. I'm sorry to use a a, a viral (laughs) analogy, but I can't give you what I don't have. So in other words, i got to own this first. That is my lot in life as a pastor. I can always tell you what my struggle and trial and difficulty is going to be next week. It's whatever I'm preaching on. That's what I'm going to be dealing with. Because it's God's way of giving to me to possess first that which I am to impart. And if it's not real in my life, then what in the world? Why are you even here? In fact, just leave, just go, because what's the point? I'm just a talking head. If there's no conviction, if it's not from the heart, if it's just from the head, I'm just, you know, it's a canned sermon, sermon in a can. No, there has to be a a real personal, strong conviction. So when you, when you hear me up here preaching and teaching, there's this sense where the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. Man, I know exactly what he's talking about. And when he shares like that from his own life, his own personal experience, whew, it's real. I know exactly what he's talking about because I go through the same thing. Well, here's the last one, and I, I love this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can't think of a better way to end a sermon than the last part of verse 16 where Paul says, Jesus was taken up in glory. Well, this, this doesn't hit home. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. This is what we preach, what we do week in and week out. The church has to be a place where people can hear that Jesus is coming back. Jesus was taken up in glory, and He's coming to take us up too. It's easy to read the book of 1 Timothy and think it only applies to pastors, but the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. 
We always love to hear from our listeners, too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.